Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Take our Bibles and turn to Acts chapter number 9, the book of Acts chapter number 9. Uh, we're going to be spending some time with Paul on the road to Damascus, the road to Damascus. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, it's probably one of the highlights of the book of Acts for me. Uh, not necessarily the most spectacular, I think. Uh, probably Acts chapter 2 was that, and some other events, uh, uh, the healings, different things were a part of that. But, but a highlight is when the Apostle Paul, or Saul at the time, was on the road to Damascus, uh, and that's when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, uh, he bowed himself low. Uh, he received Christ as his Savior. By the way, uh, you'll hear about it uh, again uh, and again. Uh, it's almost as if Paul never got over it. Uh, Paul never got over it. And by the way, um, uh, when we were in Jerusalem, I think one of the highlights of that uh, trip when we went to Jerusalem, again, uh, not the most spectacular, probably would have been the Temple Mount. Uh, the most spectacular probably would have been the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, but one of the highlights is when we were at the road to Damascus and we shared testimonies. Because we all have a salvation, if you're saved, uh, we all have a salvation testimony. If you're saved, uh, we can all go back uh, like Paul did in Acts 22. And then uh, Paul did again in Acts 26. He just uh, kept telling it and telling it uh, something like, uh, on December 27th, 1984, I remember back in the day. Now, Paul had a different date, I get that. But, but, but uh, it should be something that, that is a watershed moment uh, in our life, something that we never forget. Uh, and, and it may be uh, mine was a very clean, distinct, uh, I know that I wasn't saved, uh, and now I know that I am saved. Uh, Shars, growing up in a Christian home, um, um, uh, yes, yes, her parents said, oh, you trusted Christ and you're saved. And, and maybe she did. Uh, but just wanting to make for sure, get the assurance of her salvation, uh, her road to Damascus uh, testimony was about when she was 14 years old. And so I do want to challenge, if you don't uh, know or can't think of, again, uh, it's not just, well, I've always believed. I've, I've always believed. No, there's a, a time when I wasn't born uh, and there's a time when I was born. Uh, there was a time when I was unsaved, uh, and then there was a time when I was uh, born again, uh, and it pivots, it uh, pivots. In fact, uh, if you want to put down point number one before we even get into the scripture reading, uh, it was a dynamic conversion, uh, a dynamic conversion. Let's look at it in verse number uh, three. Verse number one, Saul, Saul. That's what he was, that's who he was, yet uh, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, one of the high priests, and uh, desired of him letters to Damascus, to Damascus, to the synagogues in Damascus, that uh, if he found any of this way, followers of the way, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And so uh, they were kind of labeled by that, believers, believers, those that, that had trusted Christ, those that were saved, followers of the way, uh, that if I found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed on that road to Damascus, uh, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly 
there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the thorns. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. He was floored. He had a proper view of self, a sinner, a sinner. And he saw a proper view of the Savior, perfect, high and lifted up. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there without sight, and neither did eat nor drink um, uh, those, those three days. The dynamic conversion. The dynamic conversion. And someone may say, well, his is spectacular. Uh, by the way, all of ours are spectacular. It may not be quite as many fireworks on the outside, fireworks on the outside, uh, but there were fireworks on the inside. Uh, it may not be a light switch, a bright light, a bright light uh, on the outside, uh, but I went from darkness to light uh, when the Holy Spirit of God flipped on the light switch uh, of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, a dynamic, a uh, radical change, a uh, dynamic conversion. Uh, I think about the little boy that uh, was talking to a Sunday school teacher and he said, um, uh, now Jesus is bigger than we are, right? Uh, he's omnipotent. He's He's, uh, he's bigger than us, right? And the Sunday school teacher, yes, that's right, little Johnny, that's right, little Johnny. And then he said, uh, and when, when I asked Jesus into my heart, uh, when I uh, asked Christ to come into me, uh, he now uh, dwells inside of me. And, and theologically, doctrinally, he said, well, yeah, well, yeah that, that's right, that's right. And uh, then the little boy concluded, well, uh, if he's inside of me and he's bigger than me, shouldn't everyone around me see him in me? The dynamic conversion, the radical change. Boy, if it's the same after as it was before, you may want to circle back. Uh, that road to Damascus, salvation uh, for Paul, uh, verse number one, uh, breathing out threatenings and slaughter and were uh, imprisoning Christians. And then after verse 19, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days... With the disciples, he's with a new crowd. With the disciples, he's in a, 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 a fresh church, and, uh, which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ. Uh, the one that uh, he was persecuting, the, the, the one that, that, that he was attacking, uh, straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them, which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for the intent that uh, he might bring them bound unto the chief priest? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews, which dwelt in Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. It's a maniac of the Gadarean's moment when uh, he was uh, naked, uh, dwelling in the tombs and in the caves, cutting himself and uh, self-destructive, but, but uh, when, when he came to Christ, when Christ came to him, 
uh, the next frame, we see him clothed and calm uh, and sitting at the feet of Christ uh, and in his right mind, worshiping the Lord. That dynamic conversion. Paul, boy, such a dynamic conversion, he had his name changed. From Saul to Paul, from uh, Saul to Paul, from uh, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter to, let's hear his own words when he said, uh, we were gentle among you as a nurse cherisheth her children, so being affectionately desirous of you, that we were willing to have imparted unto you uh, not the gospel of God only, but uh, also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. Uh, he went from uh, voting for Stephen's death. Uh, he went from uh, his call was kill the Christians to the servant of the Lord must not strive, uh, but be uh, gentle, patient, unto all men, uh, apt to teach. Uh, you talk about a radical change. Uh, you talk about a dynamic conversion. Uh, and then he never got over it. Uh, in Acts 22, he told it again. Uh, and he never got over it. In Acts 26, he, he, he told it again. Uh, and you say, well, I don't know how to, how to uh, share Jesus, tell, uh, to spread the gospel. Hey, all you have to do is to tell people the dynamic conversion that happened in you. The change that the Lord Jesus Christ did in you. And so, uh, number one, say it with me, we see the, the dynamic conversion. Okay, everyone say it with me. Number one, we see the, the dynamic conversion. Uh, and for a long time, I thought that uh, this was God, uh, apart from any human influence, reaching down and saving uh, Saul, saving uh, Paul. And, and yes, that's true, but I guess I didn't realize how many people God used to prep Saul, to, to minister to Paul, to, to, to lean in and influence Paul, uh, until I stepped back and I realized how wrong I was. But now number two, the diverse co-laborers. The diverse co-laborers that led Paul, that, that, that blessed Paul, that, that, that discipled Paul. It, it's typified in verse number 23. Look at it, that snippet. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying in wait was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples, plural, the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. But can you imagine that happening? I mean, they had that rope that must have been a big basket, and uh, that rope, and uh, it wasn't one guy saying, okay, uh, I, 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 you may fall, but uh, it was a whole lot of the disciples holding the same rope, a whole lot of the disciples helping the same person uh, as they lowered Saul, soon to be Paul, uh, 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 out that window in order to escape them that now we're trying to kill him. He uh, references it again in 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, his testimony in 22, his testimony in uh, 26, his testimony again in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, a whole lot of people working to help Paul, uh, labor shoulder uh, to shoulder, working uh, with Paul, discipling Paul, blessing Paul. Uh, there was a whole lot of them holding the same rope and helping the same person. It wasn't an isolated event. In fact, uh, when I uh, would hit a wall trying to witness to someone, especially someone that was close to me. Uh, I'd begin praying, God, would you, like Paul, like Paul, 
Apart from human influence, just reach down, reach down and, and lift up. And I do know ultimately he does that. He gets all the credit for that. But I also know that God uses human instrumentality. Let's see, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? God uses people to reach people. God uses people to reach people. John chapter 1, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. But there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light uh, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Boy, God uses people to reach people. Uh, and when I step back and realize all of the people that God used to reach Saul, to reach Paul, uh, I started correcting my prayer from uh, God, apart from any human instrumentality, hey, reach them, uh, to God use me. Lord, uh, uh, use a Sunday school teacher. God, uh, use a, a, another Christian to speak in, to invest, to, to influence, to, to hold that same robe, to help that same person. Uh, in fact, put down number one. The first one that I see uh, influencing Saul was Gamaliel was teaching. Uh, Gamaliel was teaching before Saul was ever saved. Uh, Gamaliel was teaching, he, we've already talked about it earlier on, uh, but then uh, he, he references it in Acts 22 when he said, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet uh, brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, or Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the prophets. Well, Gamaliel, Gamaliel, hey, long before Saul had that road to Damascus moment, uh, teaching the word, teaching the Bible, pouring into him, uh, and I'm glad Proverbs 22, 6, uh, 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 parents train up a child in the way they should go, pouring into them, investing in them, uh, teaching the Bible to them, train up a child in the way they should go. Deuteronomy doubles down when it says uh, when they're uh, walking uh, uh, by the way, when they're uh, sitting down, when they're uh, standing up. Uh, use every moment to, to, to invest in, invest in, invest in. Uh, the Word of God deposited in the hearts of your kids. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Uh, it may not get traction now, it may not get traction for 20-some for years, but eventually uh, it will not depart from him. And so, uh, first off, Gamaliel was teaching, 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 holding the same rope, helping the first one on that rope, uh, figuratively, the first one on that rope, uh, the disciples were, were letting him down to safety, was Gamaliel teaching. Put down number two, Stephen was witnessing. Uh, I, I'm talking about uh, these that invested in him. Uh, those that God used to reach him. Secondly, Stephen witnessing. Uh, it's all the way back in Acts chapter 7. Are you remembering where we were? Uh, in Acts chapter 7, Stephen preached a 53-verse sermon, gospel-centered, 
uh, Christ-centered, uh, lifting up the Lord. Uh, and at the end of the sermon, they walked the aisle, every one of them, uh, not to get saved, they walked the aisle to stone him to kill Stephen, kill the preacher. Anyway, uh, uh, look at uh, 54 of chapter 7. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, Stephen, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. Open up the heavens. Uh, open up the heavens. Boy, he spoke Christ, uh, and now he's looking to Christ, uh, and he responds so much like Christ. Uh, and Jesus, I saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, ran upon him with one accord, cast him out of the city, and killed him. Cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was, see that name, Saul. Well, Saul was taking it all in. Saul was hearing the entire sermon. Saul heard Stephen testifying of Christ, witnessing about Christ, telling how Christ changed his life. And now Saul is seeing how Christ-like Stephen is responding. In 59, they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Into thy hands commend I my spirit, just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Stephen's doing that now, uh, uh, calling upon God, saying, Lord, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Paul's taking it all in. Saul's witnessing all of it as Stephen is witnessing to him with his words, uh, with his life. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Uh, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And, and when he had said this, he fell asleep. And verse 1 of chapter 8, Saul, Saul, right there, taking it all in. Uh, not just Gamaliel teaching, he was the first one to grab that rope. Uh, but then Stephen witnessing, uh, he was the second one, the second one uh, uh, working with Gamaliel to hold the same rope and to help the same person. Number three, write it down. Uh, after that road to Damascus moment, uh, Ananias was ministering. Uh, Ananias, where I went from, God didn't use anyone. Uh, he reached Paul apart from any uh, human instrumentality uh, to realizing how many God used. Ananias, look at verse number 10 of chapter 9. Uh, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Uh, we had Gamaliel already, we had Stephen already, and now uh, Ananias are all holding the same rope, they're all uh, helping the same person. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And uh, the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judas, for one called Saul. Uh, I do think it's neat how God's grace is reclaiming uh, these tainted names. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, boy, it's not about that name, it's Ananias that I'm going to use for the glory of God. Uh, Judas, the house of Judas, it's not about the Judas that betrayed the Lord. Boy, God's grace, I want to uh, reclaim, I want to uh, reclaim that. Uh, go into the house of Judas, and, uh, and he's going to be a blessing. And Saul, Saul, King Saul, that proud king that was uh, done in. Uh, it seems like God's grace not only was impacting Paul, uh, God's grace was redeeming, was reclaiming. 
by all of these fallen and tainted names. Uh, 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the street called Straight, inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and uh, he hath seen a vision, uh, uh, seen in a vision a man named Ananias, that's you, uh, coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Uh, basically saying, I I'd rather not go. I, I think he's going to kill me. I I'd rather not be his next target. I I'd rather not be in the line of fire. 14. Uh, and how he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. Uh, and Paul obviously did that. And kings. And Paul obviously did that. And the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. How great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Boy, suffering at times is, is a part of the very center of God's will. And Ananias, when his wife entered into the house, putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, I love that. Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, he has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, open up the heavens, uh, open up my eyes, help me to see uh, his eyes as it had been scaled. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Does anyone see how God used a whole lot of people? Gamaliel holding that rope. Uh, Stephen uh, holding that rope. Uh, Ananias holding that rope. Put down number four. Uh, Barnabas. Barnabas encouraging. Barnabas doing what Barnabas does. Uh, yes, Gamaliel laying that foundation, teaching the perfect law of God, and then uh, Stephen stirring it up, witnessing, 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 and then uh, living in front of him the way Christ uh, lived in front of uh, all, and then uh, Ananias ministering, and now Barnabas encouraging. Look at verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. He wanted to, but they were all afraid of him, a lot like Ananias. And believe not that he was a disciple. This is a trick. He's trying to out us in order to kill us. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Boy, Barnabas had to speak on his behalf. Barnabas had to calm down those fears, those anxieties of, of he's the same old guy, he's the same old guy, he's the same old guy. Barnabas saying, he's not the same old guy. Christ changed him. Christ transformed him, uh, and, and Barnabas is the one that opened the hearts of uh, the disciples to, to, to co-labor with him. But again, uh, one more person holding that rope, one more person helping that person, uh, one more person joining in, and then number five, uh, others edifying. Uh, others edifying. Letter E. Verse number 19 again. Uh, when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the plural disciples. The plural uh, disciples which were at Damascus. Uh, you see right up here. Paul wasn't reached apart from human instrumentality. 
Paul was reached by so many different people that, that were speaking in, were, were witnessing and testifying. So many. So many. In fact, I, I almost dare say that, that there's not anyone that was reached for Christ apart from some other person speaking into their life. Well, Pastor, I was in my home all by myself uh, watching a Billy Graham crusade, and, uh, and that's where I bowed my head, that's where I opened my heart, and that's where I was saved. Well, there was Billy Graham, okay? <laughs> and those that produced that program. And those that had the idea for that program. And, and those that gave and invested financially into that program. You see, God used so many different people in order for that person that was by himself all alone that, that got saved while he was listening to the gospel in that way. Someone else may say, well, uh, I was in a restaurant, and I saw this little piece of paper folded in two, and uh, I didn't even know what it was called. I come to find out later it's called a tract, but, uh, a gospel tract. But, but I took it and, and pocketed it, and uh, when I got home, I, I started to read different verses about uh, uh, how uh, all of us have sinned, and all of us have come short of the glory of God, and uh, none of us can work our way up, earn our way, and none of us can do that. That's why uh, Christ came all the way down uh, to pay for my sin, to pay for uh, the sin of all of uh, humanity, and, uh, and he died in my place, and I simply have to call out by faith believe in my heart and uh, call out with my uh, mouth the Lord Jesus Christ trust him and I was all alone by myself in my house when I did that uh, well uh, there was someone that that uh, had the idea of printing a track uh, there was someone else who actually printed that track uh, there was someone else that paid for the printing of that track uh, there was someone else that was encouraging the distribution of that track uh, there was someone else that, that left that track on that uh, table, hopefully with the tip, hopefully with the tip. But anyway, uh, left that track on that table, hopefully with the tip, uh, that you picked up. Uh, you see, God always uses someone to hold the rope to help the person. God always uses someone to hold that rope to, to help that person. And, and yes, it was a dynamic conversion. Uh, it was also a dynamic ministry in their hands. They were holding the greatest missionary of all time. In their hands, they were holding uh, the, the, the greatest church planner of all time, the Apostle Paul, in their hands. Uh, and there was a diverse group of co-laborers that were doing that. But here's the sermon, point number three, write it down. The divine concepts. The divine concepts. What are the takeaways? The divine concepts. And they're divine because these are God-given concepts. This isn't something we just think up, dream up, and then uh, put out. Uh, these are from God. Put down number one. Uh, how did this all work? How did this all play out? Uh, in their hands, they held 13, 14 uh, epistles uh, in the Bible. Paul would write that in their hand. Uh, how did that all play out? What are the divine concepts? Number one, write it down, teamwork. Teamwork. They had to have teamwork. They had to team together. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Why, well, don't receive what 
Uh, Gamaliel's teaching, don't receive that in vain. And uh, Stephen's witnessing, don't, don't, don't receive that uh, grace in vain. And, uh, and then uh, Barnabas and Cora, hey, don't receive the grace of God in vain. There should be a difference. There should be a dynamic change. And Paul, almost testifying of this, saying, we then as workers, were workers together, were all on the same team. Well, in the case of Paul, it was uh, Gamaliel teaching and, and joining him and working with him was Stephen. Uh, witnessing and joining him and working with him was, was Ananias ministering. And, and joining him and working with him was, was, was Barnabas encouraging. And joining him and uh, working with them, uh, teaming together, working. For me, uh, it probably, the first one that grabbed that rope probably was my parents that that for a time we did go to a church. Not a, a gospel-preaching church, but it laid a foundation. It laid a foundation. There was someone holding that rope. And then you've heard the story, uh, uh, kind of like uh, Paul in Acts 22, Acts 26, on December 27, 1984. Uh, you remember the story when I was visiting my brother out at Lompoc, California, and how uh, he shared the gospel? Uh, and, and then, uh, after a day of pondering, thinking, praying, the Lord convicting, drawing my proper understanding, uh, I bowed my head, I got saved, and then uh, I went back to my hometown, uh, and, and I wasn't really sure what the next steps were. My brother tried to help, but it was Cecil Baker. Uh, Cecil Baker that called, that reached out and said, uh, hey, Randy, Randy called us and, and told us the great news of of, of how you were saved in California. You were born again. You trusted Christ in California. Uh, and I just wanted you to know that, that anything we can do, anything we can do, uh, we want to be a part. You need to ride to church. We have a church that, that preaches the Bible. I remember how Cecil Baker took me under his wing, uh, how many meals I had with them uh, after church, and how many times uh, just discipling with them. But then my pastor, John Lang, and so my parents, and then uh, Randy, and then, and then Cecil Baker, and then, then John Lang, John Lang, who was my pastor for about six months that I was uh, there before Bible college, John Lang, his heart, his, test, his love, uh, his encouragement, and then uh, Gary Biggs, my, my youth pastor, just speaking in, speaking in. I was already 18 at the time, but I, I, I snuck into youth group. And, uh, and Gary Biggs, uh, another one holding that rope. And then at Bible college, uh, during discouragement, Bob Nelson, there were so many people uh, holding that same rope, uh, helping that same person, investing, investing, uh, investing. By the way, uh, when there's someone in Baltimore that uh, is a little unsettled on the inside, trying to figure things out. Uh, and, and they hear someone talking about uh, their church or uh, hear someone at work just testifying of, of an event that, that just took place, a Christmas Eve service, and kind of that curiosity perk. Uh, and then he remembers back home, there's, there's someone down the street that has a Rosedale Baptist bumper sticker. They have an R, a Rosedale Christian Academy bumper sticker. And, uh, and then when someone finally invites him to church, boy, all of these people, all of these people, uh, he decides to do a survey trip. And on Saturday, we've had a lot of people do this. Uh, on Saturday, he locates the church, drives through the church, and he sees that this is important to us. It's not the buildings in shambles. It's not the, the lawns overgrown. Hey, this is a big deal to us, important to us. And uh, he decided he's going to come the next day. I'm telling you, all of these people, all of these people, they're holding that same rope. And then when he comes the next day, he gets out of his car kind of sheepishly as a church member greets him. Hey, thanks for coming today. 
He walks through those doors and guest services doesn't just say, God bless you, uh, but uh, answers questions and shows him where things are at and points him the right direction. And then an usher uh, walks him to his seat for, for Sunday church and the pre-service music, just kind of exciting, and the, the warmth of fellowship, people around him greeting him, and then uh, hearing the choir, hearing the, uh, the song service, just different than, different than. Hey, all of these people are holding the same rope. Uh, all of these people are helping the same person. Uh, and then he hears the gospel. Well, get some thinking, curious about that. Maybe this is what I need. And then a staff member, a Sunday school teacher, hey, follows up on him when he finally bows his head and opens his heart and trusts Christ as his Savior. Boy, it's Christ that gets all the credit. But Christ was empowering that coworker. Christ was using that neighbor. Christ was using that maintenance crew. Christ was using the guest services, the church members. Christ was using the congregation during the song service. Hey, Christ was using we then as workers together. We're workers together for the glory of God. And by the way, any one of these that would have been missing in action, uh, any one of these that would have gone AWOL uh, in God's work, uh, any one of these that said, well, yeah, I'm saved, but uh, it, it's just I don't want to be involved, and uh, I don't want to be a part of that, and uh, I just kind of want to do my own thing. Uh, any one of those that would have stepped back, that basket of ministry of the Apostle Paul would have fallen to the ground. Listen, we need Gamaliel teaching. We need Stephen witnessing. We need Ananias, Menace, Barnabas, and we need, we need all of the pieces to, to work together as a team. There's preachers that in the past, kind of a derogatory, derogatory, you want to know how irreplaceable you are. Uh, put your hand in a pail of water uh, and then pull your hand out of the pail of water and the hole that your hand left in that pail of water, that's how irreplaceable you are. That may be true for a pail of water, that's not true for the church. Where the church needs all of us, the ear, the nose, every member. Uh, we need every member holding that same rope, teamwork. Uh, we need every member helping that same person, teamwork. Uh, first, third John, we're fellow helpers of the truth. We're fellow helpers of the truth. Put down number two, divine principles, divine concepts. Number one, Teamwork. That's not something a coach dreamt up. Uh, that's something that God has taught throughout the entire Bible. Teamwork. Number two, unity. Unity. Uh, unity or oneness. You can put that. Oneness. Uh, and you say, well, where's that in the Bible? It's in Acts chapter 1 when uh, they were all with one accord in prayer. Uh, and the power of God fell. In chapter 2, when they were all with uh, in one accord in one place, and uh, 3,000 were saved. Or chapter 4, when they lifted up their voice to God uh, with one accord, and uh, there was a ground-shaking revival. Or Acts chapter 5, when they were all in one accord. Not in discord. Not in discord. They were in one accord. You see, uh, uh, let's see, we remember that they were uncommonly unified. We saw that in chapter 2. Uncommonly unified, incredibly diverse. Now, uncommonly unified is an absence of criticism, is an absence of off to the side, well, I don't agree with, I don't agree with, I don't agree with, fault finding and nitpicking. Boy, it takes about a 13-year-old to be able to do that. Uh, all, all, all unity and oneness is, is an absence of the negative. Absence of the negative. Get rid of that. But teamwork is a presence of the positive. 
Have you found your place? Uh, On that rope, uh, have you found your gifting? On that rope, your calling. Uh, How can you have a part in holding that same rope and helping that same person? But again, uh, teamwork first, jumping in, uh, but then unity, not, not stopping, letting go of the rope, and criticizing someone else that's trying to hold that rope. Can you imagine if Stephen said, I'm not going to hold the same rope that Gamaliel did? Uh, Or if Ananias said, well, Stephen's not that great. He's not perfect. Well, he's got problems. He's got flaws. Or or Barnabas started that that, uh, rope-holding ministry they have. That rope-holding is not that big. I'm going to leave that rope-holding ministry, and I'm going to go start my own rope-holding ministry, and then uh, I'm going to criticize that rope-holding ministry and try to get them to come to my rope-holding ministry. Hey, Paul's basket would have started swaying. Paul's basket would have started dropping, uh, and Paul's ministry would have... Does anybody believe this at all? Teamwork. It's a divine concept. Unity. Unity. It's a divine concept. In fact, I have a a phrase on the screens for you. As the unity of the team fractures, the goals of the team fail. Uh, As the unity of the team fractures, the goals of the team fail. And our goal is to reach the next one, the next Saul, the next Paul. Our goal is to to spread the gospel. And as the unity of the team fractures, the goals of the team fail. Can I give you a Bible behind that? 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Paul already said, I planted, Apollos watered. Boy, teamwork, teamwork. But God gave the increase. He's the one that gets the credit. But then in verse number 8, he goes on and says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are, are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together. We're one. Uh, I'll tell you what team won't win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Uh, And it's the team that's fussing and fighting. Uh, It's the team where where there's someone that thinks they're more important than the team. Uh, It's the team that uh, is nitpicking the coach or nitpicking another player or just fault-finding or criticizing or or, or just airing it out. Hey, that I can't tell you who's going to win. I can tell you who's not going to win. And it's that team will not win because they don't have that unity. We're laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Uh, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, uh, I have laid the foundation in another. It's teamwork. It's unity. Build it thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds buildeth thereon. Or as Psalm says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good and how pleasant it is. That person that came to church, that person that got saved, as he continues to come and plug in and get involved, does he still feel the warmth of worship? Does he still feel that power of of unity, of one accord, of teamwork, or does he start feeling the discord, the discord? You know, what's the difference between him going to the church of Acts or him going to the church at Corinth? Uh, the church at Corinth, uh, he waited five chapters to address immorality. Uh, he waited six and seven chapters to, to address marriages that are a mess. Uh, He waited 13, 14, 15 chapters uh, to address doctrinal problems, but on the first chapter, right out of the gate, uh, he was talking about factions and divisions uh, and and criticisms, and I'm of Paul. No, 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 I'm of him, and no, 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 this is my group. 
it's the difference between that person that's newly saved. Are we teaming together and are we uh, unified in our approach? I'll give you a couple more quickly. Uh, accommodation, accommodation. Let the next guy get in. Uh, ne- let the next guy jump in. Uh, we want the next person on our team. Boy, get him involved right away. Uh, don't be territorial about your ministry. Make sure you include him. Uh, and then lastly, courage. Uh, courage to be a part of uh, something that's bigger than you are. Uh, courage to be a part of something, uh, some ministry that, that is trying to reach the next Saul, trying to reach the next Paul, trying to reach the next Juan, uh, and all of us together, all of us together, by the way, if Saul, Paul, was the only one that they would have reached, it would have been ev- worth everything that Gamaliel taught, worth, worth everything that Stephen gave his life for, worth, worth everything that Ananias did, worth, worth everything. Uh, if the only person that was ever saved, ever reached, uh, was the Apostle Paul, and by the way, it's not because of the big ministry he had, it's because of the value that God places on his soul. If all we ever see is one person saved, one person saved, um, uh, uh, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Worth more than all the world. All the world. If he gain the whole world, lose his own soul, it's a bad, it's a bad deal. One soul is worth more than all the world. Uh, and as we're teaming together, working together, as we're proactively getting involved, as we're uh, making sure that we're of one heart, one accord, uh, when one mouth praising the Lord, uh, as we're very focused on that, Uh, If all we ever do is reach one person with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's worth every sermon that I've ever preached, every offering we've ever given, uh, every sacrifice we've ever made, uh, every involvement, every hour we've ever invested in the work of God. Hey, it's worth it all because one person's soul is worth more than, in fact, one person's soul is worth the Lord Jesus Christ coming and dying for them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, do you have a road to Damascus moment? Uh, when we stopped and shared our testimonies, and mine was December 27, 1984. Uh, Shars was, well, I grew up in a Christian home, and I heard, and then they told, but then I wanted to make for sure Uh, If we were at that road to Damascus sharing testimonies, would you have one to share? Uh, And if you don't, it may be time for you to bow your head, open your heart, and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in what he did on the cross, the gospel, the gospel. Uh, And as we move forward together, my, my view of God, apart from any human instrumentality, reach down uh, and and one, reach down and save Paul. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit kind of tapped me on the heart and said, now you, you're, you're viewing it wrong. Uh, remember, as, as I need to do my part, there's Gamaliel's that are doing their part. There's Ananias and Stevens that are doing their part. There's, there's Barnabas's. There's a whole lot of other people. Uh, as, as I need to do my part, there's a whole lot of other people doing, doing their part. Uh, I guess the question this morning is, are you doing your part? And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. 
That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.